Hi, this is Bob, and today I have an interview with No Spoon. No Spoon has released Opus, an album that takes you on the perfect cinematic journey of sound. This progressive metal band is quickly marking their territory in the progressive genre. And here is my interview with No Spoon. Hello, my friends. Hello, hello. Greetings. Just right quick, to... is this microphone working? Yep, I hear you. Yep. I wanted to thank you for taking time to speak with me. Yeah, you bet. I wanted to ask about the recording process for Opus. How did it go for you guys? Go ahead. Um, okay, so the, uh, the, the recording of the album um, was... It was uh, entirely self-produced. Um, we did it ourselves. Uh, James, the the currently missing member, um, our our guitarist, and I have a um, we have a little like audio production business, a little studio in town, um, and we've been doing that since uh, around like 2015 or something, uh, recording. Uh, some various like local bands or this and um so it was it was sort of like it was sort of just natural that we would just this album ourselves um so we uh well let's see so we, we spent like the the first year that we were working on this uh like doing the writing and getting the demos sort of put together like like I guess most any band does, you know, mm. um, putting the demos together just, you know, in Pro Tools as we're writing, um, getting very, very rough recordings together. Um, and then pretty much written musically, not lyrics, just music um, by the end of the first year. And at that uh, recording, we, uh, we got drums done first and then... Um, Usually it goes like drums, bass, and then guitar, but we did guitar and, and then bass separately. Um, we just sort of recorded uh, like um, sometimes it would be like in our houses, basically just wherever I could bring my laptop. And um, after a certain point, we started doing a lot more of the work actually in our studio in downtown Charlotte, um, especially as we got towards the vocal recording process. Um, so, uh, so yeah, it was, it was all very much just a, um, at our leisure, um, since, you know, we didn't have to like book studio time anywhere. We could just kind of do it ourselves. I wanted to ask you about the songs, the death of Simpson and earworm. Those were my two favorite tracks off the album. Oh, sorry. Can you repeat that? It, it cut out on me for a second. <laughs> Yes, I wanted to ask if you could speak on the songs of Death of Simpson and Earthworm. Um, so, uh, particularly like the recording or the, the writing in general? Um, the writing in general, um, uh, um, how it fits in with Opus and uh, also how it came across musically. So, um, yeah, I wish... He would he would have some stuff to say about uh, some of well, this, I think. Right, right quick. If it's really a matter of like who's in the uh, 
who's in the lobby, would you want like uh, Paul or I to like bow out? Let James get in here. Um, that's because I mean it's not ideal, but to be fair, if we're gonna discuss the writing of the music, the the primary like contributors in that respect are you two. So fair enough. Um, let's see if you want to. I I guess uh, or if if one of y'all wants to dip out just for uh, for a second, maybe we can um, have like tag teaming, like dipping out and joining back in. <laughs> Alrighty. You, you, throw that. you want me to you want me to back out see if James can get in real quick? Uh sure, if that works for you. Okay, yeah, keep me posted. All right, let's see. All right. Um go ahead, Cole, and take a stab at it. Okay. Um yeah, we'll we'll get some more uh info from uh Oh, okay. James is just trying to FaceTime me now. Um, but hang on. Robert, we're sorry about this, brother. We're, uh... hey, no problem at all. That's why I do these interviews ahead of time, so I can edit as necessary. Oh, right on. All right. Yeah. Once once James gets in, uh, if if he's able to get in, then uh, we'll um, he'll um, let's see. Come on, James. <laughs> <laughs> The wonders of modern technology. You're not kidding. <laughs> See, I heard that, uh, like, when you met the, the Linkle support for people, I, I think in my head, I was thinking that was, like, you plus four people. It didn't occur to me that that, that might also, like, include your uh, uh, your end as well. Um, otherwise, uh, Yeah, I'm the odd man out. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right. Yeah. Oh, once James get, gets in, we'll get him caught up and everything. Um, so, uh, let's see. So the, the album in general is a, it's a, a concept album, like a, a story yeah. album. Um, I, I think that's like pretty obvious. The, the lyrics and everything it's, it's fairly like narratively driven. Um, Absolutely. the, uh, the death of Simpson was the first, uh, song that we wrote specifically for the album. Um, there's there's plenty of parts all over the album that was stuff that we came up with like beforehand, maybe even years beforehand. But the Death of Simpson was the first one that we were like, okay, the album is building off of this. Um, and so it, it's sort of the first song on the album where like some actual story happens. Uh, cause the first track, the house at the end is more a stage, um, sort of soft little, uh, you know, track to prepare you for the rest of the album. And then you sure. get an instrumental overture. And so then, then you get death of Simpson. That's the first thing where any actual story happens. So, um, 
that one, like a lot of the songs on the album, was sort of based on a uh, on a demo that James came up with. Uh, a whole lot of this album is based on some of uh, James's demos. The death of Simpson came from a very, very, very old demo that I recorded. Um, man. 2013, 2014, it was like one of the first things I recorded, um, I think I called it the Mire, um, and we used that as the basis of the intro for this song, I just let it blossom from there. <clears throat> um, I'll jump That's in. Where most of the themes came from. Oh, yeah. Um. Yeah, there's there were a lot of uh, themes in that in that early demo that we heard, um, and we're like, oh, this is these are cool things that could repeat throughout the record. Um, mm -hmm. That you know, especially like it being a, a concept album, it's it's one of the challenges of writing that is is trying to make the songs tie together, not just lyrically, but also you know, um, like musically as well. Yeah, exactly. Like with with motifs and stuff all throughout and um uh i remember us being just like really impressed with some of the ideas um on those early demos that uh that james recorded that we were like yeah okay let's let's build an album off this um Wait. yeah that's that's totally true um as far as uh earworm goes i i want to say that uh that intro riff like it starts off with the synth and then kicks in with the full band and everything i mm. um that was if i remember correctly that was one of mine um oh, yeah that i that i pitched to the band at some point it's it's got mashuga vibes a little bit in that it's a you know it's a chunky rhythm and it's a little bit of an odd time signature um, and that's definitely what I was really into at the time that we started writing this. Um, so, uh, but in, in kind of both cases, I mean, like most of the songs on the album, um, it was me, uh, most, most of the time it was me and James and David, our keyboardist at the time, um, just kind of holding up in a room, um, just plunking out ideas and um we kind of went into it with the mentality of like we want this album to be like as perfect as possible and so we're going to try not to settle on any idea like we approach it democratically like you know here's an idea does everyone like it if one person doesn't like it okay let's see how we can uh either replace it or refine it um until everyone is happy with it um which... Can, can I add to that right yeah. quick? Go for it. I also distinctly remember another one of the tenets of this album, which we've we've actually received a little bit of criticism on. And if it's the criticism we're gonna receive, I'm okay with it. But that it might be um a little unrestrained as far as like technique and embellishment goes. That's like the critique. <clears throat> but I recall when we were working on the album one of the the tenets of the album was it doesn't matter whether we can play it yet or not let's write what we want to hear on the record and then get to the point where we 
we can play it. And so during the actual writing process, there were parts that were created that were actually like just above a lot of our skill levels, like both, you know, instrumentally and vocally. And then we took a lot of time, like during the recording process to practice up on that stuff. So that way we could get it, you know, show ready. Sure. Um, which Absolutely. I guess part of it comes across as a little, you know, self-indulgent i guess is the word that it's been described as but honestly it was more of an attempt just to create like the most musically excellent thing and to push like ourselves respectively as like you know musicians it's like hey not only should we not settle we should also not restrain ourselves as to like where we're at let's shoot for like a step above where we're at and like aim for that and I think the the end result is kind of like, you know, proved itself. Sure. And the ultimate uh, response to that is how does a band progress if a band doesn't push itself? Exactly. And that's like, I think, not only one of the, the keys in the recipe that's actually, you know, shown success um, for this album, but I'm hoping that's going to be one of the things that we like keep as like a core foundation of our identity for future albums to come is that you know every time we create a new work it it, let's ratchet up like what we think we can achieve just a little bit more you know sure and i think uh that was the basis on a lot of great bands uh bands like rush that uh, progressed throughout their years right right yeah until they got the hemispheres and they're like guys we don't want to i don't want to make 20 minute long songs anymore (laughs) right (laughs) well i mean it's gotta be just brutal on stage you know yeah we've uh we've just begun um actually rehearsing these songs for playing them live and that's (laughs) that's <laughs> that's kind of a thing on our minds at the same time like with some of these songs is like damn we we really did this to ourselves <laughs> and speaking on them terms i wanted to ask you each uh as far as laying down tracks what was the hardest track for each of you to lay down mm. james you go first <laughs> oh, okay Appreciate it. Um, uh, it, it's, it's hard to nail it down to a track. Um, I think the hardest part that I had to record was the um, the second verse section in Dance With Me, where it kind of gets all funky. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that was the, the most technically challenging thing i think i've ever had to play in my life um maybe maybe 4d printing as a whole it was probably the most challenging one but i think that one uh blip and and dance with me uh almost destroyed me (laughs) (laughs) that's good um i'll go next mine um on bass it's (laughs) <laughs> uh, there's sort of two ways that I'm that I'm taking the question 
as as far as just like from a technical proficiency standpoint, I would say um, for me probably back yet forward, um, because it's such a it's such a ripping song, <laughs> like just energetically, it does not really stop and slow down at any point throughout. Mm. And there's so much activity going on on the bass. Like there's the the first verse has you know this this really fast thing. It's just between two notes, but the the rhythm is very fast, and it's an it's an odd meter. And um, then there's later parts in the song where like um, solo runs and, and things like that, um, that like, I think I've, I've kind of found, especially after the fact, going back and practicing that and, and preparing it for rehearsals and everything, I was like, this is the one that's kind of kicking my ass the most. Um, cause there's a little bit that the bass can like hide behind the guitar on a lot of songs. Um, but there, there's just multiple parts, uh, throughout that song where I, I have nothing to hide behind, so I, I have to make sure that it sounds good there in the moment. Um, but the other way that I, that I sort of took the question, like thinking about like what was the hardest to record, um, it was uh, on bass was Death of Simpson, but not necessarily because it was a very technically challenging song. Like it is hard. There's definitely some technically challenging spots, but it's more vibey. <laughs> I would say the reason why it was a bigger challenge for me is because I recorded bass for that song easily 10 times like wow yeah the, like and each time i was like that's it that's the final bass track <laughs> um but i i have this this uh this i'm i'm a real gearhead when it comes to to bass gear and and you know mixing plugins and, and basses and all of this stuff and so it was like every single time that i would get a new bass or new pickups to put in the bass, or I changed out the electronics, or new strings, or new, I, I don't know, just name it. Um, I was like, oh, now I have to go and re-record that song again. Because Death of Simpson was kind of the first one that we started recording, and so obviously it was the one that got the most, like, revision. Um, mm -hmm. And by the end of the recording process, like, by the last time that I recorded that song, I was like, that's it. I don't want to record this song ever again. I'm so sick of playing these these like not not playing the parts in general, but recording the parts. I'm so sick mm. of recording this song over and over again. I'm this is this is the last one. I'm leaving it alone. Um, Meanwhile, I did it once. Yeah, he he did it once. <laughs> he got to enjoy it that one time. This is pretty good. I think I'm thinking I'm gonna keep this. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I I would say those two were were my most challenging ones for for different reasons. I would say. Um, I think for me, the real, like, nose to the grindstone moment was probably Earworm, but it was for, like, a couple of different reasons. Like, thing one was actually, like, a gear-related thing. I wasn't used to the microphone that we were using, because it wasn't uh, the same tech, like, we had been using to record anything else we'd done before. And so, I know other... All you vocalists out there, you know, when you have your influences, you, you know what you like to hear. And sometimes when, like, you're finding your own voice, you might not hear those influences as much as you would like. So 
I know for me, sometimes there's a tendency to not like the way I sound, especially like during the recording process. And so for me, when I was first getting into earworm, that was part of my issue. Cause I think that was one of the first ones I really knocked out like vocally. Cause, uh, I know they got a lot of the recording like kinks worked out through death of Simpson. But I think one of the first vocal tracks we really laid down was earworm. Cause I wanted to, I felt like it was going to be one of the more vocally challenging ones. And I wanted to knock that out first. So I think that was one of the first worked out the sound I was going to go for on the album. And that took a few passes. I remember the first stab at earworm. I actually didn't like it. And we ended up going back and like redoing all of my vocals on that track. And the second time around is pretty much what you hear. Like this, what you hear on the record. Um, and aside from that one, I think the other one that I would give like maybe second place would probably just would be within the realm just because it's so goddamn long. <laughs> oh my God. And I, if I recall, I think we got all of the, all of the mains and like all of the doubles for that song done in a night. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude. It was like a six to eight hour studio session. It was fucking brutal, but God, Oh, woof. I think that one might have just been uh, might have just been you and me as well. I don't yeah, know dude. If anyone else was there for that, and so yeah, dude, pulling like a you know, because we 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 typically uh, have a day. We all get to the studio. Uh, we try to make it like one day a week, and it's typically a nighttime thing, just because all of us have work and shit. So uh, we got there at like nine o'clock, and it was like three or four in the morning before we finished that night. It was wow. brutal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, I guess at this point, uh, PW you still there? Yeah, recording for me was like the easiest part, man, because I didn't really have to do too much. <laughs> so, by the time that like I got you know kind of brought back, most of the the drum parts had already been essentially programmed and you know ready to go. So I kind of came through and you know made a few changes. But I guess if when we're thinking about like the the hardest songs when it comes to like being able to play them out live it's definitely going to be uh earworm for me that song mm. that's just super fast on the feet and you know like home and some of the the rhythms and stuff they're they're uh they're, they're challenging to say the least so like getting that one down there's some spots in 40 printing and like phil mentioned with within the realm that that song i don't think it's quite as technically challenging as some of the the parts in like earworm it's just there's so many parts to remember all at once. So that's like the challenge for that one. Yeah. At this point, it, it might actually be uh, worth um, like going a little bit more into this sort of based on what uh, what Paul just said. Um, and I, I don't know that we've given like too much credit about this aside from just in like some social media posts or whatever. Um, during the time that the, the album was being recorded, uh, we actually had another drummer. Um, Paul has actually been our, our, our close friend and uh, we've, we've been bandmates with him before, um, but he had to step out and uh, take some time away from the band for health reasons um, for a couple of years. So we had a, another drummer um, and his name is Rain, uh, Rain Rumpel. Um, great guy. 
um, he he sat down and learned the songs uh, enough to essentially like record them. Um, but also because we were recording ourselves and we didn't necessarily have like the equipment to record drums or the budget to go do it in a uh, in a larger studio, we did something a little unorthodox, I suppose. Um, and with with each song for the album that uh, that Rain, the the other drummer, would learn, I would go to his place and take a video of him playing the song, and then I would take that home and we used um, some drum sample libraries, and I recreated what he played hit for hit um, wow programming it uh, midi wise and I, I was uh i was extremely accurate <laughs> with like, hit for and, and not even just like every hit that he played but like how hard he hit it i i made sure yeah that, go, ghost notes included yeah yeah everything um because we're trying to be like you know we want it to basically be like he recorded it we just didn't have like the budget to actually get into a studio for it. So, um, and there's, there's some other benefits to doing that as well. It's like, if there's like one hit off or something like that, that's an easy thing to fix. Um, and for this, our, our sort of like first full length album, that's, you know, it was, it was a, it was a good way to go, I think. Um, but then eventually uh, Paul's health got better. Um, we brought him back. And so now he's kind of, uh, well, he's, he's been spending the past, um, I would say, year or two, like, kind of catching up on all of that. So in, in Paul's case, though, he was around for some of the early writing sessions. Um, he, uh, in this case, wasn't the one to do most of the, the recordings for the, the drum parts on the album. Um, but... Yeah, like like he said, there's definitely some songs that are I, that we can tell are, are more challenging for drums, like for working on uh, rehearsals and stuff like that. I also wanted to ask you if you could speak on the album artwork and the artist that was involved. Oh yeah, um, so um, the artist is named is uh, uh, Justin Abraham, and. Um, He's actually a Facebook friend of mine. And uh, throughout the years, I just, uh, I, I fell in love with his artwork. Um, particularly because I'm a big horror fan and a lot of his artwork is based on like um, the Alien franchise and all these other body horror things. Mm. So naturally I thought it was a good idea to bring him on to do something that wasn't that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like I, I kind of see he was the only artist I personally knew that I thought had um, the skills to pull this off and I messaged him and it turned out that he was a big prog fan um, so I uh, convinced him to to work on our thing I think the, uh, the artwork we made or sorry uh, I need to back up the the artwork design uh, was created in a AI generator based on what we wanted to see. Um, and then we took it to him as a template to, to build off of, to which we, we made further uh, additions and revisions and stuff like that. 
Um, and well, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> I also wanted to ask you, what can fans look next for next? I know you're practicing. Um, is there a tour in the works? No tour in the works. Uh, our, our immediate goal right now is to uh, practice the material and get it ready uh, to perform. Um, we are going to be um, setting up our merch store pretty soon. So we're going to have some t-shirts. Um, we've had a lot of people ask for vinyl. So that's something we're probably well, just like in the near future as well. Yeah, just like physical media in general, because I've I've had people ask me for uh, CD stamps as well. Like, um, I think as far as touring goes, that's not like an entirely out of the picture thing. It's just not quite on the radar yet, because once again, everything we've been doing has been like a labor of love and like self done. Um, so a lot of sweat equity because we don't have, you know, a lot of the funding to really throw into this, um, which is kind of why the tour is not really like on the ball right yet, because hey, we're, we're still a little small time, you know, we, we don't have the connections to immediately be able to reach out to. And I think the other side of it is, even if we did, we don't really have a budget built up yet. So yeah. I think I think that's why James is bringing up that we're we're looking at the next step, you know, really putting the polish on the live performance because the nuts and bolts are all there. Mm. Um, so so make no mistake about it, like it's going to be ready, like in the blink of an eye. But there's you know just a few transitional things, uh, really working out the kinks with our our, our live rig because we're um, uh, we're going to be running like in ears and backing tracks and all this sort of stuff and really uh like having the computer like change patch chords and all that stuff during the live performance. We're just working out. Um, and then when we're ready to start playing live, we want to have stuff for people to be able to acquire. Um, so we want to have like a website that you can go to uh, a QR code that you can scan so that it just pulls the website right up. Um, that way we can start bringing in some of that funding and we can start pitching the ideas of like a tour. Um, so I think all of that stuff is on the radar. It's just not not in the present. It's a little further down the road. Um, I'll throw this in there as well, because, um, uh, you know, obviously, like we've just uh, released this album and, and sort of like riding that high. Uh, but at the same time, like something that's worth mentioning is the, the fact that, I mean, we've we've been working on this album or we had we worked on this album for seven years. <laughs> um like from from start to to finish and i mean like i mentioned earlier most of the writing took place within that first year which means it's been like six years since we have like really written new stuff <laughs> like something <laughs> like, like after the fact because there's there's kind of been this mentality of like well, well we don't necessarily want to you know, get to ahead of ourselves and write a whole bunch more stuff while we're still working on this other album, you know, sort of finish what you start sort of thing. Sure. We have plenty of like ideas and, and demos in the works. Um, but it, essentially sort of our mentality is like, like while we have the, the inspiration and the ideas and the demos, let's just keep on writing 
and recording. That's that's another part of it. I mean, we intend to release um, sort of another uh, special EP mini album thing uh, next year that we're already um, almost done recording, actually. Um, and then, you know, we have like other ideas that we're still working on. So, I mean, to, just to, to further answer the question of like, what's next? Honestly, more releases. Um, is is another big part of it because we since we're like self-producing you know we have all of our own recording equipment and everything there's honestly no reason for us to slow down on that yeah really and Um, now that we've kind of worked all of the kinks out of the process um and we've kind of nailed down like the lineup as far as members and stuff goes because part of that seven years was honestly a lot of fluctuating and finding ourselves um now that all that's kind of ironed out i think honestly like about five years or so of that in the middle space was a lot of dead space it was a lot of you know trying to get the ball rolling and like stuff getting in the way and then when we finally locked everything into place it really only took about a year so this album would have only taken year and a half two years to really put everything together but once again you know trying to find traction sometimes in a sure. crazy world is rough. So honestly, the the next release, when Cole says it's almost done, um, from the moment we put the finishing touches on the record and we were going through the final touches of like mastering and getting the album art and all that stuff, in that span of time, we, we managed to almost finish what's going to be our next release for next year. So... The, the, the rate of these things coming are going to be like so much faster. Yeah. Just because we've really worked all the kinks out of our process. And honestly, I'm excited because once that EP is, is done, I mean, I think we're going to take a break from putting together like a full length discography kind of thing and start like throwing out a couple singles here and there. Am, am I speaking out of turn on that guys? I don't know. We'll we'll end up discussing that closer to Yeah, I, I don't know. But long story short, we're we're we've got plenty of ideas in the pipeline. They're all ready to come out. So as far as what, what to look at next, um putting polish on live shows, getting uh merch for everybody to uh go out there and get their hands on and then more music because that's what we love, man. That's why we do this. I also wanted to ask you Along each of your journeys in music, what's the best advice you've been given along the way? Ooh. Uh, can, I, can I stab at it first? Sure. The best advice I've been given, specifically like for vocals, right? Because I, I think, you know, there are things that we had to find out the hard way. Um, as far as like a whole band thing goes, and I'll let one of the other guys talk about that. But I think as far as vocals go, um, there's really two things that you you need to, to take inventory of. Um, thing one is find your influence, man. Like find out the thing that sets your heart on fire. Like when you hear this guy, right? Or mm-hmm. this band, and it just you you hit repeat immediately when the song's over or you buy their entire discography from the first time you've heard his vocals like whatever artist does that to you 
take inspiration from that because that'll help you like find your voice. And then thing two, um, it's not a necessity, but goddamn, if it helps, uh, get lessons, man. Like if you're serious about wanting to do vocals for real, um, then anywhere you can get knowledge you don't have, go seek that out and and practice it. So I know for me, I actually got a lot of that um, unintentionally. I found music kind of at an early age. Um, and so I, I was brought up in like choir and school and all that stuff. And I actually ended up going to college for some of that. Um, I didn't finish the degree because a lot of what I was being taught was opera. And when I tried to reach out and find like alternative vocal, it was kind of like you have theater or you have opera. That's like your two right. choices. And I wasn't about to go dumping a whole bunch of money into something like Full Sail. So I was like, you know what? All right. I, I think I know about as much as I want slash need to know to be able to do what it is I love, which is this. <laughs> so yeah. as far as, as far as what I would tell any aspiring vocalists out there, find your influence because they'll help you find your personal voice and then work on it with a teacher. Like tell them what you want. And if they're not going to help you get what you want, that's not your teacher. Right. Um, James, do you want to go next or Paul? So if you don't, I will. <laughs> Yeah, I can go. I actually, I don't really think that I've actually had anybody like give me any, any advice when it comes to the music space where like later on I was like, okay, that just clicked and makes sense for me. Um, but I think like the biggest thing that I've just like kind of picked up just, I don't want to stay off my career, but just as long as I've been playing music is just not to be a dick. Like it doesn't really matter like how great you are as a player. You know, you could be the best drummer, the best, you know, guitar is bass player in the world but like if nobody wants to work with you it's not really gonna matter and sure. so like me personally like i know I, i'm very humble about my drumming i'm i'm probably like the hardest one about my own drumming like i don't really think i'm that great and so like my thing is it's like if i'm not good and then nobody wants to be around with me <laughs> i'm not really doing too well <laughs> so at least i'm gonna be a good person i guess um Peter, bro, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> love you too. Uh, oh, man. And just so y'all know, this is probably like one of the hardest working dudes that I've ever met. Like he, he rags on himself so much. But Well, like yeah. it all kind of goes back to like whenever I first met these guys. Like I was what, 19, you know, I just got out of high school and I was kind of cocky at that point. Like I felt like any, you know, I can listen to anything on the radio and be able to play it. And of course, this is before I got into my influences now, which kind of made me a part of the band, you know, with all the progressive metal. Um, but I would listen to stuff on the radio and be like, oh, yeah, it's like the same few drum beats. And I, I thought I knew everything. And then I ended up meeting up with the guys, saw the stuff they were working on. And I was like, oh. I guess I don't know anything <laughs> at that point. Like I had to, you know, kind of humble myself down and start, you know, really expanding like my, just the type of music I listened to. And that was the biggest thing for me. It's cause you know, if I was listening to stuff like Avenged Sevenfold, Lamb of God, and I still jam out of that stuff all the time. But then I got into like dream theater and, you know, Mike Portnoy became my idol. 
And then we got into animals as leaders and periphery. And so the more and more that I've learned now, the more I realize that I don't know. And I think I kind of keep that like really close to my heart. So like anytime I see something online, I'm like, what is that guy doing? That's something else I don't know. Let me like look into that. And so I, I kind of just try to keep learning as I go throughout. Yeah. James? Damn, dude. Well said. Well said. Oh, James, you there? Hello? Uh, okay. Do you want to go? Oh, let's see. You guys pretty much summed it up. I mean, I'd say, um, God, I have nothing, you know. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm having difficulty remembering, um, like specific bits of advice that I've been given aside from like small, very base specific things, uh, by teachers over the years, like, when you're playing with a drummer and you're grooving along, like try to make space for the snare drum to poke through, see <laughs> things like that. That's a little yeah. on the philosophical side. That's a little more like, you know, how not just to like play, you know, how not, blah, how not to just play the notes, but how to play them well, I guess. Um, but it, definitely like some of the things that I've picked up, some of these are lessons that I, I kind of feel like I've just learned kind of like Paul said, just from being with, you know, this band and this group of individuals. Um, but, uh, it's sort of like what, uh, what Phil said, find your, your influence. Um, what, what motivates you? Like if there's a, a person who's, whose sound or technique or tone that you like, like start by shooting after that. And I think you'll sort of quickly find yourself in that. I know like very early on, I, I, you know, was, shooting for like the the base tone of some of my idols like uh like john myung from dream theater or nolly from periphery and now i kind of feel like i've gotten to a point where the tone that i'm chasing is my own um mm -hmm. uh when it comes to like practicing as a musician I, I um i tell my students this all the time which is like try to find the thing about your instrument that just like that gives you joy to just pick it up and play because uh, a lot of people like sort of have difficulty finding that motivation i'm like if you can get to the point where just picking up the instrument and playing something gives you the happy chemicals in your brain um then that's a tremendous start because like for me it's like if there's a day that i don't get to pick up my bass and at least play a little bit that's a bad day you know what I mean? Like there's just something very magical that I get just from picking the thing up. Um, but I would say like probably the biggest thing that I've learned um, and that, that honestly I would, I would pass this on to, to anyone is if you're in a, if you're in a, uh, a band and a, a group of musicians, which I highly recommend by the way, um, you don't ever want to be in a position where you feel like you're the best member of the group, which kind of seems like a, a like a weird thing to say, but it, it essentially what it means is like, like for the, for the whole time that I've known James, for instance, like it, since the first day that I've met him, he's been like shredding like Van Halen stuff, like back when he was we met when we were sixteen, and he was already like shredding his ass off, right? 
Um, mm. And I was not <laughs> yet. Um, and, and so there was this real sense of like, damn, he's he's better. And I if I want to like live up to what this band is doing, I need to get better um, because I need to live up to that. And then Phil, like I've I've uh, I do like some little vocal stuff here on the side or whatever, but like uh, I don't have Phil's voice. <laughs> And it, it never sounds the same. And so like, there's a comparison thing there. I don't, I don't feel like I've got what Phil's got, you know, I don't have the, right. the drum playing ability that Paul has. And so there's, it's almost like we all collectively have a little bit of imposter syndrome. Please uh, Cole, you can program drums better than I can play them. Fair enough. <laughs> but you know, it's this mentality where like, I think each of us here in some way, are sitting here thinking like, damn, like all of these other members are doing something and contributing to the band in a way that I, that more than I am. And so I have to step up my game. And it's the hugest motivator that we're sort of constantly trying to climb the ladder together because we all feel like we have to keep up with each other. Um, and it's, it's what feels like a very healthy way. It, it, it doesn't feel like a, you know, we're all secretly thinking we're not worthy or whatever. It's just that we want to, I think, be our best selves for each other musically. Right. Um, and honestly, that I, I would recommend to anyone. Try to find a, a group of musicians who are, in your mind, who are better than you at doing this thing. And it will encourage you to get better. That's true. And I've, I've got one more thing. When I was talking earlier about like specifically vocals, it's because I had one other um, one other bit of advice that pertains to like when you're getting in a band. For one, what Cole said, if you're not in a band and you want to find a way to really push yourself skill-wise, get in a band. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, I can't understate that at all. Like get in a band. The, the other people will push you to be better than you are just innately. It'll happen. Right. But but when it comes to being in a band um, and when I was talking earlier about like the reason this album was a seven year long process was. Because we had found during the recording, like we have this old EP, um, I'll go ahead and let it out of the bag. Um, that's actually one of the things we're working on. It was beautiful music. We loved it, um, but we were too young to really give it the attention it deserved. So we're, we're actually trying to breathe new life into it. Um, and that's been one of the things that really confirmed for me this thing I'm about to talk about. When we were recording that EP back when we were like early 20s, late teens, um, it it built itself almost. Like it was so little effort that it literally put itself together. Um, and then we tried adding like different pieces to this formula that we had found. We had tried like changing lineup or uh, all sorts of different things adding to the formula. Um, and rather than seeing that the formula was no longer working the way it was supposed to and correcting, we just tried to force things to work and it ended up bogging down everything. It, it, it slowed down to the point where the whole thing started honestly just falling apart. I actually, for a little bit, I had to leave the group 
Um, I had things happening in my life that needed my attention and what the group had become was so stagnant and so stale that I actually wasn't finding joy from it anymore. So I, I had to put it down for a while. Um, and we all kind of as a group uh, had like a come to Jesus moment where it's like, hey, we had a thing. What happened to that? And we realized that we had screwed up the formula. And so our solution was to put that formula back together, which was essentially we needed this core group. And I hate that it had to go down the way that it did because some of these other members that we were trying to get in who are very talented musicians in their own right. But for some reason, when we added them to the mix, things bogged down to the point of like not happening anymore. And rather than correcting, we tried to like, you know, pump it with energy, pump it with life, right. you know, let's get together, you know, and we tried to beat our head against the wall to make it work. But then seven, you know, five, six years later, it's like, it's still not happening. Um, and we actually ended up all coming back together, having it come to Jesus, like, Hey, if we have to, should we trim the fat and see what happens? And that's kind of what we decided to do. And it was, it was not a fun process, right? Because there were other people involved. Emotions sure. were, were high, but oh my God, when we did that, it, it was, it was like magic. It was like somebody greased the wheels again and all of a sudden lightning just struck and the album flew together. It was like magic all over again. It was like doing the EP. Everything just started falling into place almost effortless, effortlessly. And now we're here where we are and the proof is kind of in the damn pudding. Mm. And so my other thing that I would tell any, you know, aspiring musicians is when you find whatever your formula is, when you find that group where when it just happens, if they're not complete and utter assholes, hold on to that. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on to that because it is like a once in a lifetime thing. You might never find it again ever. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what we all came to the realization of is that we had something magical. And when we put those pieces back together, we came up with what we did and that's why I'm so hopeful for like our future. I, I really am. Cause I think with these guys, it, it can really happen, you know? And, uh, you guys that spoke on, uh, game merchandise together when it is together, um, what will be the, uh, best, uh, medium to get merchandise from the band? Will be through th- social media. I think the best way to go about this is we we intend to have like a full fledged separate website, not attached to like a band camp or a Facebook or anything like that. Okay. When all of that is prepared, we will post about it on social media. And yeah. so if you're if you're wanting to know when that will become available, we'll post it on all social media on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. It'll be there. Yeah. And the links to our website will be posted. And we'll we'll regularly post, hey, here's the website. Um, and then whenever we actually start playing live, uh, the intent is to have like a QR code so that if we don't have like, let's say your T-shirt in size or whatever at the show, you can just scan our QR code and go to the website. Excellent. And lastly, I wanted to ask each of you, if you could give a message to your fans, what would that message be? 
honestly, uh, thank you <laughs> for being patient <laughs> so freaking much. Um, I when you spend this long on an album or, or, or some project or whatever, and you're like sort of, I don't know, you, you sort of end up in a bubble. And like, obviously, as we were working on it, we we were making sure that like we were enjoying it, that, that we enjoyed the music. But after a while, you begin to lose sense of whether when you do finally put it out, everyone else is going to enjoy it. It's like, mm. I don't know, maybe this is just maybe I'm creating my own little like niche. No, no, like, no, no. Kink thing that I'm enjoying here. And maybe everyone else isn't going to isn't going to uh. quite grasp it when we get out. But uh, and then then we released it and the the response to it has been more positive than I honestly could have ever even hoped. Like just so many like such an outpouring of like people loving the album and and saying honestly like the most kind things about it. Um, it it's been the most like affirming experience um, that that tells me for one the the past seven years that we spent on this uh, was not for nothing um that it was all kind of worth it um i think yeah. when the worst critique you get is that you sound too much like one of your favorite influences like <laughs> it, especially when you hold that influence in such high esteem it's like you know what i think i'll take that yeah I'll yeah i think yeah. i'll take that absolutely um, um so yeah i think i say thank you to all of our fans and uh just keep your eyes peeled man the the pace is not going to slow down that's right so keep your eyes on the socials uh and once again thank you thank you for being there uh spread the word man Buy and, more... and stream Opus <laughs> everywhere you can. <laughs> Multiple times a day. Pedal it out. Pedal it out. Because the, the more people know, the, the easier this stuff gets to make. And I know that sounds cliche and dumb, but it's so true. Like the, the, the goal is to not have to split focus. You know, we don't, sure. you know, to be able to devote 100% of our time and energy into doing this, because to be perfectly honest, this is our passion. It's what we love. The reason Opus exists is because it's what we wanted to hear. <laughs> yeah, sure. It's true. And I think that's what makes the album so original and feel to me. I don't uh, feel like this is an attempt to sound like someone else, but it definitely shows an original structure, especially musically. And that's one of the great appeals of the album to me. It's not a cookie cutter album by any terms. And uh, I think that originality is what's going to really drive this band throughout time. Well, I appreciate that, Robert. That means a lot to hear, brother. Yeah, thanks so much. Thank you. Well, I wanted to thank you for taking time to speak with me. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Yeah, it's been a wonderful time. opportunity. Yeah, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Yeah. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day, my friends. You too. You too, All man. Right. Thank Cheers. you so much. Cheers. Take care. <laughs> Take care. See you guys. Bye.
I'd like to thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can sponsor the podcast. Just click that button and you can be a member of the family. And remember, come see me for a fix.